and welcome to the Nightcap. Ask us anything 10. Uh, beginning of April, and um, what a weird bank holiday weekend it's been weather-wise. I think I've got sunburn and frostbite in 24 <laughs> hours. Like, what's going on? Did you get the snow yesterday as well? Um, yeah, and a bit today. And I mean, last week I was uh, sat in my mum's garden, roasting hot, and I'd stupidly yeah. wore jeans like, oh mate, like Rookie. what am I doing? Mm. Yeah, but it was a lovely summer we had, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. The whole 24 hours of it. Yeah, absolutely bizarre. Um, but yeah, it's been nice socialising a bit more, like sitting in gardens and stuff, like, and not, you know, it has. it's been great. And just, oh, it sounds silly, but like, even at home, just overhearing other gardens with people in it, it's just a yeah. nice, like, oh, look, there's a world out there of people doing no, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's all very positive. Uh, we come back to the apartment, when was it, last week, and Esme was like, can we have a barbecue tonight? I was like, where? <laughs> yeah. So like, just here. I said, this is a car park. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like yeah, that's fine. I was like, yeah, it might be for you, but I think it look a little weird. It would it's look like a, a bit weird. There's a bit of grass over there. It's like, you know, six foot by ten foot, oh. and it's where the cars park. Like, right? I was like, we can't. No, a bit so, well, weird. How are we supposed to barbecue in the summer? Good point. So like, I don't know. It's a very good point, but we can't in the car park. See, the one thing that I never get, and you always get it in American like films and TV shows, <coughs> is if you live in a flat, there's always a roof. Yeah. In American shows, isn't there? Like, go yeah, to, there on is. the roof for the barbecue. There never is here. Why? It'd be know, great if you had a massive roof, communal roof, and you could just go up there, you could like a barbecue patio chairs up there. Yeah, be that'd be mega, wouldn't it? They, they do, and they have a back stairs to it. And yeah, there's a fire escape. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing here. Nothing. And I think the only time it's acceptable to have a barbecue in a car park is if you're. It's like those American football matches, you know, and they're all like, yeah. What do, call, what do they call it? They call it something, don't they? Where they all basically just unload. They do it for the rugby sometimes in this country, I think. Yeah, no, that, that'd be great. But how weird would it look me doing it here? <laughs> it would look so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe in non, maybe in COVID times, less weird. People would be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I think so. Yeah. Get away with it. Cool. Thanks so much again for all your questions. We've got so many to get through, uh, many of which we've got this week. We're rolling over to the next couple of weeks, but um, we'll endeavour to get through a load here. We've got some cowboy stories, got some serial chat as well, but let's kick off with this first one from Nathan Thomas, who says, uh, hi. Hi, hi, mate. Uh, one for the Nightcap Ask Us Anything pod. Do you have any opinions or rules for solo dining from, res- from a restaurateur's perspective? I've started doing it. And not having the anxiety of worrying if my dining companion is enjoying the meal is worth the experience alone. Plus, the hospitality from the front of house goes up two or three notches to make sure you're not left out, allowing you to really understand what you're eating and drinking. As when you ask a question, you don't get an eye roll from your uh, only eats burger and chips wife. (laughs) Wow, subtle dig. Um, so yeah, what do you make of that? that was, I thought it was a really interesting question about single diners and obviously a small restaurant like yours, Paul, like every seat counts, doesn't it? So what's your perspective on it? It does count, but we get a lot of single diners. Do you? Um, yeah, we do get a lot. And, you know, we opened up our booking system like Monday, I think it was, and I was looking through it and there's been, there's quite a few single diners in there. Mm-hmm. We'll only tend to accept like one per service because right. um, obviously it's just it's losing you know losing covers and if we're if we're nearly full then i'm i'm less likely on the last table to accept it a if one, yeah. if that makes sense if it's a four i need to sell mm-hmm. um but no, no i i i encourage it and i think they do get a, 
a different kind of service because the front of house probably spend more time chatting to them. Definitely. Um, I thought that was really astute what you put there about how front of house seems to go up a couple of notches when you buy yourself. I think that's probably true, isn't it? Because you're just going to interact more. Yeah, and I've, I've, I've done it a lot myself, mainly because... Um, I like I'll be away working or when I was staging in America or something I'd obviously is on my own so I'd go out and eat on my own and like some places I went I I would find that there were slightly different towards me because they were like who's this one because these are places that don't tend to do ones like when I went to yeah. um, Gordon Ramsay's the London and New York and then a few other places and then I did it a lot in California and other places in New York. And I, I love that because they generally put you at the bar. And New York dining at the bar is a big thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'd be sat there, I'd generally having, say, a taste of menu on my own. So I'd, and the tables would just keep turning. Mm-hmm. And I'd be there for three or four hours getting steam in. <laughs> and I'd meet two or three different couples and just chat yeah. to them and just get involved with them or different blokes, different women, and just, just, chat and engage Absorb with them. Absorb it all, yeah. Yeah, and it, I, I love that. And you can, and you end up chatting to the barman all night. You get friendly with them. If they know you, they find out you're a chef and then, you know, some different drinks start coming out, <laughs> start topping you up a bit more. Yeah, so yeah. that I loved and I, I, I genuinely love doing that. But when I've sat on tables on my own, I just find it a bit boring because <laughs> f- for me... Do you eat too quickly that as well? Oh, God, you smash it down. Yeah, you have to stop yourself. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for, for me, chatting, food is to be shared and loved, and yeah. the experience shared and loved. So, I get what he's saying about if his if his friends and family aren't into it, then um, you know it's not going to be the same experience. But for me, and I love eating with someone that appreciates it, mm-hmm. and you talk about it, and you engage in it, and you just you start chatting about all sorts, not just the food in front of you or the service, just yeah. all sorts. It just opens all sorts of different conversations up. I love that, and you, you can't do that on your own. 100%. You end up on your phone a bit, and it's a bit... Yeah, you're classic. You just get your phone out because you don't know what else to do. You don't want to look awkward. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't think you enjoy it as much. Yeah. Do, do, any, the, do any restaurants not accept ones at all? Um, I, some don't. Um, I th- I think I, I struggle to tell you where, yeah, yeah. but yeah, some are really strict with it for obvious reasons. If they're always falling in off certain tables, uh, but that most most will make make adaptions. Like French Laundry didn't tend to take ones, but I ate there on my last night, and they were like, I wanted to book a table, and I no, and they just kept saying no, and I was like. Why are they being like this? <laughs> um, but it's because at the end, the, the good stages, they'd, they'd sit you to eat in the chef's office, which has got oh, a big window wow. overlooking the pass. Wow, which that's cool. Perfect. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they kind of don't want you to know. It's like a little surprise at the uh, end. Oh, so I got you. I just, like, no, just no. Oh, I see. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> no, no, don't worry. No, just don't worry. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, I hope I'm going to get to eat here. I've come all this fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but there's yeah. also like say if your um, partner isn't really into it, mm. then it kind of costs you double because you want to go, <laughs> so you have to pay for them. If you go yeah. with someone who loves it, yeah. then you're only paying for yourself. That's a good. That's a good point. I never thought about it. I'm lucky because like my partner loves it as much, so we you know we just split everything or whatever. Yeah. Or, or take it in turns to treat the other one depending on the occasion or whatever. Do you know what I mean? 
Whereas, yeah. yeah, I didn't even account for that. Like, if you're with someone that really would not be there ever if it wasn't for you, mm. then you feel yeah. like you've got to pay for them. And it's yeah. like, oh, God, that's that's then suddenly... Uh, or if you're taking someone on a date or something, of you know, yeah. if your idea and you invite it, there's, there's kind of an obligation to pay in terms of True. You, your idea, your thing. Mm-hmm. But if it's with, like, when I've been out with other chef mates, it's like, oh, this seems cheap, I'm only paying for myself. <laughs> <laughs> So true. God, I didn't even think of that. That's that's tough. That is t- and that's what I've suddenly just realised why Nathan's reaching out here. It's because he wants a friend yeah. to go with. That is what it yeah. is. He wants someone yeah, that appreciates someone it. As mu- someone appreciates it as much as him. If you want to get in touch, you know, maybe that could be a thing, like speed dating for for people that d- <laughs> they don't want a relationship. They just want someone to go with to split the bill with. That's yeah. We could have a new it. app here that's like Tinder, but people don't people yeah. don't smash. They just get together to yeah. eat out. And, and appreciate food together. And then part yeah. of them just go their separate ways at the end of the night. Fooda. Yeah, yeah. Diner. So there's something in that, 100%. Yeah. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, okay, next one here is from Johnny, who says, what's the worst thing that has ever happened on a trial shift that you have seen? Fucking how long you got? <laughs> how long you got? All day, mate. Mate, I've had, I've had some shockers. Like Not not me. I've I've trialled in a few places, and it's always gone quite well. Mm. Um well, I've never not got a job anyway, so kind of been that bad. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, I've had loads of people trial for me, and especially when I was in Suffolk and we just just started. Nobody knew what we were trying to do. Nobody knew who I was, what the food was. So it was really hard getting chefs with the right kind of mentality. Yeah. Um, so, like, we were getting all sorts of odds and sods and journeymen, they're known as in the trade. You yeah. go to any area in the country, like, there'll be journeymen in Stratford. They've worked in every restaurant in Stratford. <laughs> yeah. They think they know everything fucking inside and out. Yes. Yet yeah, they don't. But they've picked up a bad habit from every single, like, shit now, they've worked And out. now they're the chief sheriff in town. Yeah, they Cowboys. are. They've done a year here, a year there, a year there, <laughs> all around the same town. And then I was picking up all these interviews and they were giving it a load. Yeah, I've worked at this place, this place. Um, and almost trying to interview me like these cocky young young lads they always were. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, where have you worked? And I'd tell them, oh, I've just come from Saturday and never heard of it. Really? So, oh, okay. Wow. Okay, that okay. tells me a lot. Um, yeah, look, I'm just trying to remember some of the worst ones. It, what it is, and you've got, like they'll cook you a dish and it's generally fucking horrific, like <laughs> horrific bad skills. But they're spending ages, and it's all you can tell it tastes shit, spending ages trying to make it look right. And you're like, it's just going cold and getting even worse, if that's yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they bring it to you like with this this swagger, like, like and almost yeah. like they, they're not doing it, but they're almost sucking their teeth, like, <laughs> which just makes me really really angry yeah I can like, see it. you're bubbling now mm. yeah and i just I, I you know i i haven't trialed anyone for a a long time actually mm. um but i i did used to get quite sort of honest with them just to try and knock them down a peg or two Got you. and you know i never had to look for things or try and be overly harsh i just and what i'd always do i'd always take the same approach of like we'd taste it I'd taste it. Would you ask Never them watch. what it is first? Would you, like on MasterChef? Yeah, I'd get them what, to talk me this? through it. Yeah, talk me through it. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd say, because I don't think it's fair to just be outright horrible to them. No. So I'd, I'd just be like, okay, you taste it. And they look at you a bit weird. Like, I've never been asked that. And I'm like, you tell me what you think. Right. 
and then they start sometimes, yeah, I think it's lovely. Would you change anything? No, not at all. I think it's beautiful. Duck's nicely cooked, it's nicely seasoned. <laughs> all right, take a seat, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, you should be on. You should be. You should replace Greg Wallace. Honestly, I bloody love that. that I'd love to. Um, <laughs> and you just, you know, you'd start, you know, criticising it and just, just saying where you think they went wrong. Mm-hmm. And again, the more sort of, um, I can't think of the word, but the more honest and uh, the more they take it on board and stuff, you, you like, oh, fair enough. And you have a little bit of respect for them. And if yeah. they cook me a shit dish. And they're like, yeah, look, I'm not happy with that. That could have been better or something. It's like, okay, they know it's where diff- they've gone wrong. Yeah, it's different. And that's yeah, what yeah. I'm looking for. But with somebody that can't see it and then they're cocky about it and mm. they're in this denial, Pride. that's when I'd just go like next level on them. And <laughs> there have, there have been some that I just told them to piss off straight away. Do you always let go. them cook whatever they want? No, I tend to. I've changed it really. So I'll tend to give them the main protein. Um, yeah. So say I'll give them... So give them a duck and I'll be like, look, have you ever done this before? Have you ever prepared a duck or a chicken or a, yeah, a mackerel yeah. or whatever? And they'll say yes. So it's like, okay, they know what they're doing with it. Then they've prepared it from whole. If they say no, then we'd have a conversation and um, oh, look, perhaps I could fill it, fill it for you then and then we'll see where we go. Because it's not fair giving them something they've never done. Yeah, and, the, and then they might make a big zero of it and it's a waste of goods. Yeah, but know. they always say they have. And then at the end, like, well, I've never really used this before. Um, you know, So I thought I'd do this technique that I've never heard of before or never done before. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. But as, as you sort of get better known and the restaurant gets better, you get less of that but you still get these these fucking dreamers come in that you know they're mid-20s they've been a head chef for like six years in a chitty pub they've never worked anywhere mm-hmm. they want to come and earn 25 30 grand um and come in as a sous chef in a one star or free rosette it's yeah. like, no no mate <laughs> no, no, back no. downstairs please no you can call me out but you're gonna be a commie mate like God, it's a tough crowd though that it is tough like even for those people that um will admit that there's that the dish isn't perfect it must be nerve-wracking like yeah most, it is and most places you, you have an interview don't you when you think about it it's it most places you just have an interview you just chat through your experience to actually yeah. cook like that is closer to a tv show than an interview what they're having to do there do you know what i mean yeah yeah in some ways but you you know you don't just throw him straight at it you tell them it's going to happen anyway they come to um they come to you. They have the generally the way it's worked. They'll have the morning in the kitchen with you. You'll be chatting with them, working with them. So mm-hmm. they kind of can relax a bit. And then I'll tell them, you know, look, you're going to do a dish later. And then it'll be when either service is stopped or in a quieter area of the kitchen or something like that. Yeah. And then you can have this chat with them and just give them the ingredients. I'll give them like a notepad. Like, look, take ten minutes to look in the fridge, and then your hour or your forty-five minutes starts. Yeah, I got you. But some of them, they'll just grab and then they'll just go. They don't make oh, any notes. They're just oh. making it up as they go along. Jeez. Well, at least you're setting, you're setting them up to succeed. At least, the, uh, you know, do you know what I mean? Well, you've got you're to giving really. them, you You're giving them everything, you be, aren't you? You can't be harsh on them Yeah. if if you're setting them up to fail. Um, okay, great. Right, next one is from uh, at Plastic Beaker on Instagram. He says, <laughs> what ingredient oh, I like this question because it's a bit of a twist on ones we've had in the past so what ingredient is your nemesis so the one you keep trying but can't get it right so this isn't necessarily like an, an ingredient you cut, you hate but what is one that you keep going back to but in, you're never feeling like you're cracking it it's a, that's a tough one because 
It's hard to think of one exactly, but when it's an ingredient, I just don't really dig. I'll just, I just won't, I'll just stop. Yeah, yeah. And I don't tend to flog a dead horse mm-hmm. too much. What about uh, earlier in your stuff. career, though, like before maybe as well, you were a bit more advanced. Was there something that just took you longer to get right than the rest of than other ingredients? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard to say, really, because I just, especially like when you get the ultimate choice when you're a head chef, it's, you do your work with a thing, you start... You know, generally, you kind of save what you know, what you're good with, and then you start experimenting and trying different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think the, the the ones I've had where I've just really not been not been digging it, and there's nothing that really stands out in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's ingredients I hate just because I hate them, like we've been through before, like okra yeah. and stuff. Yeah, okra, I, yeah. I just I just wouldn't get it in and try and play with it and waste waste valuable time waste everyone's time <laughs> yeah it's like there's enough ingredients in the world that i can just not mm. worry about that one sure. and i don't have to waste my time on it what yeah. about you is there anything you struggle with at home or you've give up on or uh do you know what what there is a, there's a couple of things that it's it's not that you don't it's like you do it and it goes well but then the next time it doesn't you're like how i did it perfectly last time do you know what i mean yeah and and little things like that for me I th- we've talked about lasagnas in the past but when i make lasagnas with fresh pasta Sometimes, yeah. cooked with the lasagna comes out, and you've got that perfect like al dente pasta. Mm-hmm. Like it's just that it's got that bit of bite to it, but it's not melt. And then other times, it's almost just melted away. And I'm like, oh, what did I do different? There's nothing in your head. It's like I can't yeah. think what I've done differently here. Because nothing stand out. Nothing you, stands yeah. out, and it's like you know I've gone uh. to the same level on the pasta machine. Uh, it's been in the same. Maybe maybe it's like the wetness of the ragu or something like. You just I can't get my head around it. So I don't know whether that there's already something you've gone bang. That's what you're the, the only thing from if it's sort of melting away it would suggest there's not enough gluten and it's not been worked enough. Ah, so it just needs longer of. Yeah, because yeah. it wouldn't be the the thinness, but um, yeah, more more the more gluten in pasta within reason the better. Yeah, yeah, because got you want yeah. it to run it to really, really Actually, hold. That's a really good point because it's one of those things where the recipe that I've got is a good one. It's from a book, but it, you know, it says to knead for at least like fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, but it sounds stupid because I mean, who can't set a timer for fifteen minutes? But I never do. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, you, you got could, Siri. You can be kneading it and go, oh, Siri. Can yeah. You, just do this you could. Me? You yeah. could. But you just or you, you're watching TV in the background and you look at the clock. Yeah. I think that's about fifteen minutes. It's just like yeah. stupid lack of discipline because I can just solve that instantly. <laughs> yeah. but I don't know why. You just don't. You just like, oh yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then you wouldn't do that in the oven, would you? No. Of course you wouldn't. <laughs> Great point. It's just it's stupid. Yeah. That's the only only one for me really. Um, okay, next one here is from Nick, who says, "Have you got any stories about getting revenge on rude guests?" Um, mm. I mean, like, I'm not. Like, like, what was the film where you did waiting over the summer last oh, summer? Yeah, waiting, God. there was a lot of revenge gotten in that one. I mean, like, I know we've d- discussed this before. We discussed it with waiting, but yeah. um, I mean, I'm I'm way way too proud, sure, and always have been to ever think like right, they're a dickhead. I'm gonna like ruin their food or do something (laughs) just way too proud to do that it would never cross my mind how about though what about this what about giving them slightly less um again i I wouldn't be because i'm then giving them a reason Mm. or a reason or this endorsement to to be like they're in the right they've got something on me and i I hate people having something on me especially country customers like, like. Sounds so sweet when you say "cunty customers," but uh, <laughs> uh, cunty customers. Yeah, but cunty it's customers. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to. So I, I'm almost like, no, they get, 
better. Mm-hmm. They get it has to be spot on. Otherwise, they come back at me, and I don't want them to be right. Wow, <laughs> isn't that weird though? In a weird way, the tough customers are making you better because you you're in you're sort of almost incentivized to make it perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a weird that's a weird thought. <laughs> it is <laughs> doing you a favour. I mean, the, the the best the best ones are where like I've kicked customers out, but I've charged them still. <laughs> that is class. That is and class. it's been, <laughs> I think there's three, there's three parties I've kicked out of Seoul. Uh-huh. Not bad in four years. Three years trading with yeah. the pandemic. So pretty good. Yeah, one a one year, year almost. Yeah. Um, one of them they paid there and then anyway. There was a, one of my boiling points where that like, oh, yeah, shitty, shitty chef squared up to me. Uh huh. Um, and then there was another one, this this Welsh couple that just, she was just fucking goddamn evil, this woman was. And um, another tale, table five, got up and spoke to her and just said how, I can't believe how disgustingly rude you're being to these staff. Um, and she got up as I was like, right, I've had enough now, they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember her, it's like she was really cocky and I was like, I kicked them out, walked them out. And I said, look, you're going and you're paying for everything as well. She's like, oh, yeah, nice one. Because <laughs> obviously there was no transaction. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She'd obviously forgotten. I've got your card details. <laughs> and I'd already charged them before I kicked them out. Oh, brilliant. So mate. everything. And then a chargeback came through. Um, I And when a chargeback comes through, the customer gets their money back straight away. Mm-hmm. And then I get a, a fine of like 15 quid. And then I have to appeal and then... Th- Three months later, I get the money back. Got yeah. But it'll kind of be in the back of my mind. I'll kind of forget about it. I'll put like uh, all of our evidence, like what happened that night, any the sort of story of what happened, all the confirmation emails, and all of our terms and conditions, and the bit where they accepted it. And then every time, we always get the money back. Nice. And it's you know it's three months later. They've fucking forgotten about it. Oh, it's even better. Even and I get a little email, wee. like you've basically won your case. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> fucking yes. And you know they are at home fucking screwing. <laughs> oh, the satisfaction. Uh, yeah, do the, you ever the, hear the, from them at that point? Or do they just like sweep it under the Yeah, the, the other one I did, yeah. I did, yeah. That went on a while. I had a group. <laughs> These were the most country customers I've ever had. Right, they, and they were hoteliers, self-proclaimed hoteliers. Oh. Tells you straight away, doesn't it? Who says like, that? Yeah. So they came in on a Saturday night. Um, I'll try and shorten this down because it's quite quite a long story. Um, half nine, the table was booked for nine. We closed at quarter past as they were late. We were phoning them. They waltzed in uh, and like, uh, we want a round table. We're not having that table. So there's five of you. We've only got one round table in the window. Well, that's not good enough. We're hoteliers. Get us a round table. Oh my! Who so, who says sake. that? Like, who can we just phone up a joiner? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me just get the carpenter down from upstairs. Two seconds. <laughs> so we get like you get these flags right with customers, and you're like, right, I know they're going to be dickheads. They're pissed. They're assholes. They're up themselves. Yeah. Um, they'd already mentioned, oh, uh, you got a Michelin star. We'll see if it's good enough. Like, we'll be the judge of that. Oh my! So it's like, right, God. guys, do not give them any excuse to yeah. moan. Right, mm-hmm. so I know everything. Again, everyone's up in their this is per- everyone's up in their game for these bastards. Exactly, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not having them have anything on us at all, <laughs> right? So and it, I was over everything and everything. They were just being horrible. It wasn't that they were slating the food. That's fine. It was just the way they were saying it and swearing at my staff. Wow. Um, and then in the end, I it got to just before their main course, and I went in. So, you know, the stairs as you go upstairs, a little uh-huh. curtain, and yeah. they were in the front room. So I went in. 
sort of hid behind the curtain so I could listen and witness everything. And they were just being fucking horrible. So I just kicked them out. And um, I'd already charged them, though. And the bill was £574. Like, it's etched in my mind, that is. Um, I'd already charged them. And I was speaking to them at the front. One of them was squaring up to me, this little guy who had small man syndrome, squaring up to me in the front. I was like, and I was just super calm nice. the whole time. Didn't yeah, yeah. react. I was just like, look, you need to leave. Because uh, they, they walked through to the toilet and they were saying to other guests, I don't know how you're enjoying this. This place is terrible. The staff are terrible. They were just oh horrible, God. horrible that assholes. That is mental. Absolutely And mental. then uh, they're like giving it, you know, because they were so frustrated and I just wouldn't do anything. And I kept telling them, you've been charged and you're leaving. <laughs> and like, we're going to ruin you on TripAdvisor. So good luck with that. <laughs> Carry on. Um, don't worry, mate. I'm I, already 17. It can't get much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are already doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like, you know, do you know who I am? We're Stratfordians. I was like, what the fuck is a Stratfordian? <laughs> what is that? Like, you're doing the good people of Stratford damage we're by saying that. We're Stratfordians, don't you? We're Stratfordians. Right? Oh. We need to, we're hoteliers. I'd never treat my guests like this. I was like, would you ever get guests like this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so blah, blah. And he true. went on and went on and went on. And then um, they finally left. They're already charged. And... Um, you know when there was um, there was some Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, not sorry, uh, TripAdvisor stuff where mm. it was like about me uh, exposing myself. Oh yeah, yeah. This yeah. is who I think it that was. Ah uh, right. right, yeah. They, they yeah, <laughs> fucking mental they were. Um, and uh, we, I hadn't forgot about it. I was still wound up, and they were emailing and complaining and like, I can't believe you took this money for us. And then they did a charge back. So I put like this massive, massive case together, all the yeah, evidence. I, I was like, I'm not losing this one. Yeah. And then when the money come through, he emailed again, this isn't the end of it. And, you know, I did respond very, very childishly to him. Did just you? loads of, loads of laughing face emojis <laughs> <laughs> in this email and just like, oh, and man. then I kept intentionally getting his name wrong. Uh, <laughs> what, just misspelling <laughs> to, it? Like, no, to, to, to like... I'm not going to give his name away, obviously, but yeah. say it was um, like, I just put a silly word that sounded similar at the end of his surname. Got you. Like just to really sort of belittle <laughs> it. <laughs> but I was just proper enjoying it. And, that is class. And he was like, you will not hear the end of this. I'm taking it to my solicitor. It just, yeah. And then I never heard anything then. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, do you know what hotel they're from? No, it must be Pony, oh, whatever it is. I wish I wish you knew. That is just yeah. fascinating. Who are oh, Stratfordians? Okay. Stratfordians. Okay, next one is from Chef Nikki, who says, "What's your preferred season and worst season, and why?" Good question. So, I guess in in the culinary world, but it doesn't have to be. But what are your preferred seasons? Well, I've got I've got two, mm-hmm. and it's not seasons per se. That is half the seasons. Can we just no, no. <laughs> <laughs> half the season? Let yeah, me explain why. <laughs> so it's just the two. It's the two major changes. So right now. When mm. spring is coming in, it's like, you know, all the green, uh, yeah, green yeah, stuff's yeah. coming in. The fruits are about to come Blossom, in. Blossom, lambs. Everything. And just the like, food gets lighter. And, mm. you know, I love that challenge of getting the food really light, but still full of flavor without being rich and overbearing. Yeah. And then I love it. It's like the the autumnal sort of change as well. Yeah. I'd say spring is probably, if I had to pick one, spring is the best. Mm-hmm. But the autumnal change, because it's like... 
bang, real change again. So, you know, the game's coming in, the root vegetables are coming in, things are getting richer. Yeah, um, yeah. darker, But again, butterier. I still want to keep them light. So it's like this light but rich uh-huh. sort of change. Um, and I, yeah, I love, I love that. Because like spring to summer isn't a massive change and autumn to winter isn't a massive change. Mm-hmm. But obviously winter to spring and summer to autumn, they're yeah. the two massive contrasting changes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and I love sense. that buzz off it both. The bit, the bit I don't like the most. It's it's like that January time. Yeah, yeah. So De- right, depth what we got winter. to work with? <laughs> Fucking rhubarb. <laughs> yeah. and I love rhubarb. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah. But what, what else to put on desserts? Yeah, yeah. You got some apples that've been in cold store or whatever. But mm-hmm. there's just it's very very limiting. Yeah. Especially if you're running an a la carte menu where you need five or six desserts. Yeah. Yeah. You have to use imported stuff, and it, it is. It's like you're all you're done with all the. There's no change in the vegetables, and the game is still about. Um, you know, and I love that stuff, but there's just not a change. It's more of a downward change. Things get less, and it's like. And on top of that, you're scraping got, through. You've got that atmosphere of it's post Christmas and it's just flat, isn't it? Exactly. That's, that's happening anyway. So I'm I'm with you, and and I'm with mm. you in a non culinary sense, like. The, the height of summer and the height of winter, I could do without. You know, it's just because you're still not on holiday, but you're still working every day and it's, th- it's 25, 30. That starts yeah. to not get fun after a while. Yes, like, you, exactly. you wish you could just have it at the weekends, not in the week sort of thing. And yeah. then in the winter, yeah, like in January, it's just, it's just bloody cold and miserable. Mm-hmm. But the, the changing of the guards in between, that's just exciting. And it just feels like the world's going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, is, that is great. It is. Not a love now, like, you know, the... Everyone knows it, but you feel it and you notice it every year. The, the lighter nights and the birds singing. I think yeah. it's amazing. You know, I can stay out on my bike late. I can have a drink outside and you know, it feels nice. But then I love the change as well when the nights draw in. Yeah, when they're man. drawing in, because it's a change. And you know, and getting closer to Christmas and bonfire night and all that. And you've got a reason to be out in the cold and wrapped up. Yeah, January, definitely. you've got no reason to be outside. That's so true. You just hibernate. It's just dull. You? Yeah. It's like, why would I want to go out? It's fuck all to do. So true. It fascinates me every year how like we never we talk about it as if we've never seen it before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, both the ends, lights are getting light. Like last week it was like, <laughs> and we we don't have a clue again, even though it's happened for years. We're like, oh, it's lighter evenings. It's like, oh, so wh- which one's that? Yeah. The clocks go forward. So do I set? It's like we as if we've never. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. never come across this. What what happens? What do we do? It's like every year, every fucking year, same time, same. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've done it thirty eight times now. I still can't fucking get it. <laughs> we still, can't get our heads around it, can we? It's just incredible. Okay, right. Next one is from Thomas, who says, "Who would your holy grail chef to have on the podcast be, and would you have previous guests returning?" And he also asks, not that he's been demanding, but he's also said, "Can we also have the return of Home Hacks?" Um, Anything well, else you want to ask? Thomas? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> great that you're into it all. Um, maybe said, I mean, ask a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ask us one question, please. <laughs> I guess I mean the home hacks will continue doing with all of our guests on the podcast. I don't know whether yeah. we'll, we'll get more videos from everyone, just because hassle, isn't it? But yeah, um, <laughs> that was hard work, and we only managed to do it because it was lockdown. It was hard yeah. enough then. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's a good point. Um, but we'll definitely continue doing them within the podcast. Yeah, definitely. When the guests guests come back, and yeah. I think you could guess my holy grail chef for the podcast. Um, it would be Thomas Keller. Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a good few up there, but he's the numero numero uno. Yeah. What about yeah, you? Who would absolutely. your pick be for? I think it would be either Massimo Batura yeah. or or yeah. Gordon Ramsay. Straight nice. up Gordon Ramsay. I mean, it's just 
Let's just have them all. Yeah, we, we should. I mean, that'd be the final. If we had all the, all those three on the final series, whatever, oh. yeah, that'd be it. Just go out with a yeah. massive bang, wouldn't we? Exactly. Um, but yeah, in terms of guests returning, we're not really properly talked about it. But I'm not. I'm not against it. No, neither have I. We've we've very loosely mentioned it, and a few people have yeah. sort of requested it loosely on social media. And no, I think it'd be good, especially you know, there's some people that I mean, all our guests like genuinely, and I'm not just saying it's all our guests have like we've had great podcasts. Um, there's not been any disappointing ones, mm-hmm. um, but I think there's some that have got more stories to tell. Yes, yeah, for sure. Simon we, Halston, we are, obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we've only just scraped the surface with a couple of them, I guess. Yeah, I think so. so. I think you know, and we've not, you know, say a couple of even a year's time, or it'll be four years since some of them were on. So a lot could oh, have happened yeah. in that time, yeah, which is mental yeah. to think about. Yeah, um, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. No, I'm totally up for it. Yeah, round cool. two. Next one here is from Tom, who says, what is the most exotic meat you've ever tried? Good question. Okay. Most exotic meat you've ever tried? Well, I've never done anything like, you know, your, your kangaroo or um, crocodile or anything like that. Although I've tried some weird stuff. Okay. The weirdest one, I must have told you this. It's not meat, but the weirdest thing I've ever eaten. Go on. Squid sperm. You've never told me that. Have I not? No. Squid sperm, yeah. Wow. What? I had to take it out to dinner first. But... <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. Okay. What was the. I don't think you've told me this. Have what? not? No. Yeah, you probably remember that. that I'm a yeah, I probably. That's probably. Squidges freak. That probably, yeah, etched into my memory. But what was the. What was the. Fucking <laughs> etched into mine. <laughs> <laughs> what was the. Uh, did you have a choice or. Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. And it was really nice. Okay. Great. <laughs> and I did swallow. Um... <laughs> Incredible. What was um, it accompanied by? Um, so it was when, uh, so Nuno, who uh, used to run Virgent in London, mm. um, had a start. It was a really cool restaurant. It's a different restaurant now. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but now he has, uh, he runs Chilton Firehouse, um, whoever thinks, Portuguese chef, like really, really fascinating guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he had an apartment not far from Bethnal Green. I can't remember exactly where it was. Really cool converted loft apartment. Yeah. And he used to do, just when I'd just started at Tottenham Mill, like pop-ups for chefs. And you'd take over his apartment, you'd stay upstairs. Like all wow. this open plan. That's cool. Cool sort of, you know, hipstery, East london kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, and you know, kitchen downstairs, and there was just a big table that would fit about 16 people. Yeah. And you'd do a residency of like two nights or three nights, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And like whatever you want to cook and you just cook and you're in the kitchen with them and it was it was Amazing. really cool because i'd just started being a head chef and there was an opportunity to take my food to london yeah because obviously people weren't always going to cook to me so mm-hmm. you know got some bloggers in and the caterer come and stuff like that and just some real big foodies in london um and i think it was the second time i was there we had uh, so they always had a chef kind of running it who was helping you out yep. um, and organising and the bookings and thing. A guy called Dave who's actually got a top restaurant now in Singapore called Burnt Ends um, oh, wow. Barbecue Restaurant. He's an Australian guy, really cool guy. He, um, I'm sure he's in he's hundred in the world's best restaurants as well. Like, wow! But he was kind of running okay. it and he was always back and forward to Virgin and and he bought some squid sperm back. And he was telling me about it. And I was like, all right. Yeah, Can I ask, okay. in what form did he bring it back? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how is he bringing it? Bring it? What's it? Like a tub? I, I can't it? remember. I think it okay. was in a tub. Yeah, it wasn't in a Johnny. 
<laughs> Sorry. She's lowering the tone, doesn't it? No, no, no. Um, yeah, I can't remember what it was, but basically you just pan fried it. A little bit of lemon, a little bit of parsley, and it coagulates a bit like an egg white. Right. The texture was, I can't really describe what it was, but it just had this lovely kind of fishy flavour, <laughs> like squiddy flavour without the toughness, wow. and it's just really nice. Okay, that's pretty yeah. rogue, I'd say. That's pretty yeah. exotic. They were just serving it. They used to do some random stuff like that at Virgin, Um and yeah, it was it was on the menu there, and he's like, "You got to try this, man." <laughs> so, yeah, get it in me. Wow, <laughs> that's and it's well, it's stayed with you from yep. I guess more reasons than just the taste. Yeah, uh, that's impressive. That's better than mine. I mean, you you actually mentioned it there. I have had I've tried some crocodile before. Oh yeah, what's it like? Didn't really. It was like. I, I, the problem was, I think it was just really poorly cooked as well. Because do you know exactly. what it was? Yeah, that's the thing. This is the weirdest setting, but um, me and Ollie, my friend Ol, who we we do shows together, we used to do a breakfast show. And long story short, they had a restaurant who were advertising with us, mm-hmm. and they were jumping on the back of "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here," and they were doing Bush Tucker trials in their restaurant. Okay. So to advertise the fact that they were doing this, they paid to come on the breakfast show and then do a bus trucker trial with me. Okay. And they gave me some crocodile, but you know it felt or it felt shit because it wasn't like it wasn't well prepared or what. It was just cooked for the sake of it to make me eat it. So yeah, it just it's probably t- cooked and then bought along, so it's cold. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly yeah. that. And so it so was it's literally, not fair representation. No, it's horrible. So it just tasted like shit really tough chicken that's how i oh, okay it was really white i for some reason i thought it'd be more like beefy looking but it was more chickeny looking yeah yeah weird. yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't really know i suppose going in lines with like a frog and that but it's bigger yeah but yeah it's got one of those things it's like you can you can taste crocodile but is it cooked well for yeah. one yeah is it, it a good crocodile like you get shit cows and good cows <laughs> yeah good point exactly <laughs> all those things i had no idea i was just being made to eat it so it's just it was a shitty environment Listening to a crocodile dick. Yeah. Or <laughs> all, all crocodiles, man. Yeah. Uh, crocodile cough. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> okay, next one here is from uh, Chef Figliano, who says, um, Did you push for a Michelin star or did it just happen? This is something I think we've covered in our normal podcast with all the guests, but um, yeah. it's good to do like a quick refresher on this. But yeah, did you push for a Michelin star or did it just happen? Yeah, it was kind of a phrase that's always annoyed me that. Just like, are you pushing for a star? Are you trying for a star? And mm. it's like, no, I want one. Yeah. But I'm not like, I've never been like, okay, this is how we're going to get a star. Because you don't, you don't know. You can't push for a star. All you can do is push to be the best you can and push to produce the best food you can. Yeah. The rest will come. Mm-hmm. It's a bit like, uh, you know, I think we said in the past, like films, I don't think many production companies sit down and go, right, let's make this film. We want it to win an Oscar. I think they just literally yeah. go, let's make this the best film it can be. And the yeah. byproduct is that it might win an Oscar. Exactly. Um, exactly. And I do, you hear chefs on pushing for a star and it generally it's people that you know it's never going to happen for that are saying it. I don't know. They're just trying to say it because it sounds like they should be. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not one of those who's like, yeah, we weren't true and we don't want, didn't want it. Like, yeah, I wanted it. Mm-hmm, of, course of course, I wanted it. Like, I'm yeah. always been honest about that. But I wasn't like, how can we make this happen? We're pushing for it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a different kind of psychology. Um, yeah, it's, it's you're pushing to get better and all, and never stop getting better. And then yeah. the accolades will come. You, yeah, you have to exactly. think of it that way around, don't you? Yeah, you can't be coming, putting a dish on the menu and asking a question, is this star worthy? 
you should never ever be ever be asking yourself that you should be but saying it's... is this good enough can i do better mm -hmm. does this fit the restaurant yeah. Is it the is it right for us? You should be asking yourself all those questions. Always yeah. asking yourself questions, but the one you should never be asking is, "Will this get me a start?" That is brilliant advice because I bet so many people even now listening to this will think, "Oh yeah, I'm guilty of doing that." Yeah, so I think that's great advice. Really good. Uh, okay, next one here is from the official bakery. Bit of a, ro a rogue one, but I thought I'd throw it in there just in case. Have you ever cooked using cannabis? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I have. I've eaten a lot of hash cake. Like Lovely. the brownie stuff. Yeah. When I was younger, it's fucking moody. It's so bitter. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. anyone would cook with it seriously. Like just for. Well, this is the thing because it it's in some countries or places where it's legal, it yeah. becomes part of the thing. But I've I've never sort of got the impression it's for the taste, is it really? So yeah, what? no nobody's like, how can I make this brownie? Yeah, how can I make this you know, squid? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like how can I get the chocolate gooier in the middle? No, it's yeah, not really it, weed it's like how can I have it quite decent? Yeah, and also get high. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 that's surely the only reason. Um, yeah, that's it. I've, I mean, I've never been into cannabis. I remember trying to smoke it when I was younger. And I'd, like smoking in general was just horrible anyway. I hate it. So yeah. I was never going to enjoy it. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, eating it, I like probably, I was probably about 17, 18, ate some cakes. But I, was, I don't really know what it did to me because I was so drunk anyway. <laughs> um, Pointless. So it's never been my thing. And I've spoke to you so many times about, like, without going into it as mm. well. I mean, I've spoken about it in pod. It's, cannabis is the worst drug for a chef. Yeah. You know, I know there's worse I, drugs, but for a chef, it just makes you fucking docile. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good, it's a square peg, ra uh, square peg round hole job. Yeah. That drug yes, and that exactly. job. But I guess, but yeah, I guess there me. are going to be, I reckon, especially with the whole CBD oil movement, there's going to be mm. a push to try and, and there are now more products on the market that involve that aren't ju that like you know uh, from sweets to ju that are trying to incorporate it as a healthy mm. healthy is that the right word I don't know but like a a medicinal value yeah so they're probably going to be dishes and maybe even restaurants around the world that start trying to do that sort of thing I, it makes yeah. headlines as well at the yeah same time, well it'd be it? good for the press and stuff and you know I know it has certain health benefits mm -hmm. the the question I love asking people that yeah you know, if people love smoking weed um. Just, just admit it and say you do it because you like it, right? Right. The question I always say to them is, right, if you could, you know, when they're like, yeah, I do it for my back pain. <laughs> so, well, if you could get the product, which is obviously available nowadays, yeah. with that could, you know, it's got the cannabis in that can solve your back pain, but you yeah. have no benefits of getting high, would you still have it? And like, uh, well, I don't think it'd work. <laughs> Just own up. Absolutely. Just be honest. Yeah, call them out on that. That is spot on. Absolutely nailed it. Okay, great questions. Yeah, again, guys, coming through. Um, we've got so many more. We're rolling them over to next week. Um, got uh, a cowboy story here, though, for you, mate. I'll pitch this to you, see what you make of this. It is from Xavier, Javier, who says... I once worked at a Caribbean chain restaurant that happened to do a delivery. A couple of minutes before the end of service, I was standing with the head chef as a delivery check rustled out of the machine. Everything was clean and there was a griddled halloumi dish on. I then watched the chef take a portion of uncooked halloumi and microwave it until it came out in a pile of cheese water. That's like your worst nightmare. Oh. Rather, rather than cleaning the griddle again, he then sent it, despite me protesting uh, and him insisting it was fine, beyond cowboy behaviour, in my opinion. Oh, God, disgusting, that? lazy. Really lazy. 
Horrible. And, you know, obviously he didn't want to clean the griddle again. Mm. Um, by the way, he hasn't hidden the name of that restaurant. <laughs> Chain. Um, <laughs> yeah, very well, has he? Chain Caribbean, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> that doesn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> hey, your fault, they're your words. So I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fortress I mean. Pigeon. Uh, <laughs> I think, and also, clearly, I mean, the griddle, it shouldn't be sticking to that griddle if the griddle's hot enough, should it? Um. Well, no, but what he's done, like classic, uh, they're like they're taking that risk, and that risk is on you. It's like right, mm-hmm. we're quiet. We yeah. want to get away early. Let's clean this down, and you always get caught out. I've been caught yeah. out myself before. It's like have you? Well, let's get not not. I've never gone like against the grain and done something disgusting, but yeah. it's like right, let's get the stove cleaned so as soon as we then we can go. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but you've got to accept that. You're still open for orders. Yeah, of if food comes in, you've still got to. No matter how much you want properly. to get off quickly, it's still you're still um, open. Yeah, so you've just you've just got to just got to do it. So he's clean. He's like, I'm not getting that dirty again. Look, fuck your customers ordering so late. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's you. You took you took the risk. Yeah, absolutely with you there. Hundred um, percent. Certified yeah. cowboy though. Certified oh, 100%. sheriff. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like especially like when that's going to come to the customer as well. It's not like he's tried to hide it either. You know when something's been char grilled. <laughs> Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. It doesn't yeah. take a good cook even to understand that. I've just realised that before, you know, we talked about merch for the sheriffs. Like we could get like, you know, uh, mugs with the sheriff's badge on to determine what we're really doing. Because these cowboys aren't admitting themselves. It's people catching them. Yes. yes. So we, we really need merch of like being a, a police officer or a, yeah, do sheriff, a good point. Or sheriffs, do sheriffs catch cowboys like we need oh, to figure whoever this out. shot the sheriff who it? shot the sheriff <laughs> that's the, yeah because so nobody's coming on going no. god guys i'm such a cowboy guess what no. i did exactly yeah, so it's actually right we need to provide merch for people who are catching it and we should send it out when they successfully catch a cowboy we need catchers but we still need somewhere it's like if they still work with them they can buy it for them for secret yeah. santa brilliant like Absolutely. this is for when you microwave that halloumi you dirty bastard yeah three years ago but i've never forgotten it and now it's on a podcast yeah that is that is so true okay quickly before we go a quick i, I just wanted to share this because i was really happy to have the emotional support <laughs> quick and simple from martin who messaged us saying totally with you i.e me on the weetabix with muesli peanut butter and honey my missus thinks i'm weird but i love it so he literally has the same combination as me it's not That's just weird that is That's weird. very specific. It's really specific, and he's ma- it's like we've matched on Tinder. This I'm yeah. like, oh my god, there's another guy out there. So Martin, um, if you're up for a beer when the world's back to normal, we this could is talk your about doppelganger. Our... It is. It is. I'm it's dead prob- happy. Is it Klopp? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but he does have glasses like me. So Martin, mate, we're brothers from other mothers, clearly. <laughs> um, and please do keep sending in your cereal-based sort of weird and wonderful combinations. We had the dried wheat abix with strawberries and. Stuff the yeah, other day. Butter and butter and something. strawberry jam. Yeah, yeah, I think so. so I'm still not having that. Nah, a bit too dry in it. Um, yeah. yeah, keep sending them in. Cowboy stories, your questions. We've got loads of them. We'll keep doing this next week. Um, oh, one way road to beer.com. Where are we? I feel like that's gonna be this is gonna be quite an exciting look today. Oh yeah. Because next week is the good week. Oh yeah. So I'll talk as if we are Thursday, because it's Wednesday today. Yeah. But as you're listening to this, it is three days, nine hours. Until you can have beer in a beer garden with five friends. So wow. a lot of a lot of places. 
how many different pubs now have you seen with brand new marquees suddenly and uh, oh, like, God, driving so past? Many. So it's quite, many. It's good it's, to see. They're it is, you know, just it, doing what they can to get open. Exactly. And it's lovely. I've, I've noticed, again, when you talk about like, the changing of the season, it's got hotter. As I've like, either walked through town or driven about, you've, I've seen people working on pubs, like, you know, painting, you know, putting... the new flower beds it's just little it's mm. nice to see all that that effort of people like right here we go we're gonna get back yeah. up on the treadmill it's it's really cool yeah, um, yeah. and then 38 days which is you know almost a month so you can have beer in a pub yeah and you the can last have... last one i'm not having that i don't think i don't think there's gonna be we're not gonna be 100 back to normal on the 21st are, are we? you convinced You're convinced yeah because i mean i don't think they should ever have said right everything back to normal mm. they yeah, maybe should have said more normality or a bit or better, yeah. or this open by the twenty first, but it's hard to imagine it. Everything go back to normal on the twenty first. Yeah, it can't because say, say for instance there is vaccine passports, right? Yeah. That's not normal. No, no, that's <laughs> so true. We're not that's... back to normal. Good point. Good point, Paul. MP Paul. Yeah. Paul Foster of Stratford. Oh, don't like fucking nobody want me as an MP, mate. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, and if well, if it does happen, that's seventy three days away, which is suddenly suddenly doesn't sound too crazy. Doesn't sound too bad, no, does no. it? Oh man. Um, but yeah, thirty nine days, thirty eight days. Sorry, till you're open again. That's correct. And you can go to your website now and yeah, book. yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, a little bit longer because we're opening the end of that week on the twenty first. Sure. Cool. So yeah, it's uh, what thirty eight add what five forty three days. Yeah. Nice, beautiful. Okay, same same time next week. Yeah, definitely, mate. All nice, buddy. Catch you later. Cool. Catch you later.